we'll record on this computer. All right, hello. Have you ever wondered what it would be like for a bunch of therapists if they sat down together to talk life, therapy, and our wild experiences? Well, wonder no more, because today we are going to meet again for another episode of If the Couch Could Speak. I'm Christy, today's host, and I'm joined by my lovely friends, and we're going to talk about imposter syndrome. Yay! So we have Sam and Jessica and Carissa here today. Do any of you guys want to take a stab at defining imposter syndrome to start off with? I'll go. Okay. So as a geek therapist, my brain goes right to Among Us. So in Among Us as the imposter, you're going around murdering people, stabby, stab, stab. Or sometimes you're like a grappling hook, like seriously, the imposter kills animations are violent as fuck and I'm here for it. But <laughs> you go around trying to be sneaky, sneaky or in the vents and you don't want people to see that you're not a normal crewmate. So you're kind of trying to stay hidden and don't want to be discovered by other people. So imposter syndrome I take to mean as you're kind of faking who you are and you don't want to be discovered as other people as a fraud or being something that you're not. Mm -hmm. I love that you used Among Us. That's amazing. That's <laughs> great. Sam, Carissa, do you guys have a definition you want to share? Yeah, I mean, like, I love the Among Us definition. Like, I feel like that we should champion. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Excellent. <laughs> we should champion that definition. Um, but I, 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 I see it as a space of it's very, it's, it's very much in the realm of perfectionism, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, where we're in the space of having these really high standards or these yep. expectations or aspirations that we feel like we should be meeting in a certain setting certain setting could mean like your career, right? Or even your, your friends or your family where you feel like you doubt your ability, right? You're doubting your ability and you're feeling like I'm a whole ass fraud here, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like um, that, that new TV show, something Anna or whatever. I don't want you yeah. to. Discovering Anna. <laughs> Discovering Anna. Yeah. Why are you so... Oh. <laughs> it's so good she like sneaks her way into the elite she comes from europe and she sneaks her way into like the elite east coast see but in that really case people they're actually an imposter that's not the same thing as this imposter syndrome which is what we're talking yeah. about right yeah, that's a little different see, one of my clients actually said she felt like her <laughs> and i was like bitch <laughs> right Sam, did you want to chime in any too? <laughs> I think, well, while, you know, I think Carissa went the route of like perfectionism. <laughs> I think of it more as like comparing, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't have to necessarily be someone perfect or not, but imposter is like, do I fit in? I'm, com I'm always analyzing where I'm at in relation to other people or the group mm -hmm. or the environment. Mm -hmm. And when you don't fit in, whether you actually do or not, it's the fact that you feel like you don't. Right. And that's what is the imposter. So I'm going to fake it. I'm going to front. I will be cool. 
I would be cool. <laughs> but inside you're dying, you know? Right? I think, yeah. yeah. What's cool yeah. is that like everybody touched a little bit on some of the more like official definitions. So I'm like a total freaking geek and I've been doing a lot of research for other stuff for some stuff. So I was like, well, I'm going to look up the actual research on imposter syndrome and see what's out there. So I geeked out in my library database and um, I found a whole bunch of different things that touches on perfect traits of perfectionism, traits of uh, overestimating the skills and things of everybody else and underestimating our own skills, that comparison stuff that you were just talking about. But I really kind of like the definition from Wikipedia, which of all places, and it mm -hmm. talked about it being a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills, talents, and or accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud, despite evidence of their competence. Those experiencing this phenomenon remain convinced that they're frauds and don't deserve all that they've achieved. And it, it's also important to kind of notice or to note like what it's not. Like imposter syndrome is not when your brand fucking new at something and you're like, ooh, I'm nervous. I don't, I have self-doubt. Like that's normal. This is mm -hmm. like, we're all, you know, have graduated. We're doing our thing. We're, we're, we know what the fuck we're doing as counselors and we're over here like, I don't know what I'm doing, which is bullshit. We absolutely know what we're doing. We've received all of the training. So if we're over here doubting ourselves in that way, as though we don't deserve to be here, that's, I think, where it steps into imposter syndrome. Does that make and sense? That reminds me of the meme that you sent me earlier. I kind of had a moment myself of, I'm an imposter. I don't deserve this. And Christy, you sent me a really awesome meme on the podcast discord if you want to kind of explore that real quick because that was really helpful to me Ooh, what was the meme so which much. one was it <laughs> it was the couple. one of <laughs> it was, was the, it the link of one? those who are pot who are experiencing imposter syndrome are also coming from a place of high training and a high education yes. so it's questioning if you're truly an imposter if you do have the credentials to back your shit up so to speak yeah definitely i'm trying to find the one that I sent you though, and now I can't find it. Poop. It's, it's all good, Poop. but it, it really is a good reminder of how often when we are in a field such as ours, when there's so many different voices, so many different personalities, so many different niches, so many different spots, so to speak, it's easy to feel like you're just one small fish in the sea. When in reality, if you look at each of us on here, we're doing very similar things in terms of mental health, but we bring so much uniqueness. Right. And with imposter syndrome, when you have kind of that competition, so to speak, it's really easy to start to doubt yourself, especially in terms of comparison, in yeah. terms of that fraud feeling. It's, oh my goodness, am I good enough? Am I doing enough? Usually that word enough comes up a lot but i loved how that resource that you shared highlighted and how you know what no we have the training we <laughs> went to school we're licensed we're here for a fucking reason and it's not just by chance it's not just by luck and that's something one of my old supervisors reminded me as well of you know you didn't get this position because of luck you didn't get right. this position because of chance yeah you earned yeah. your way here. Your skill exactly. got you here. I do remember sending that, but now I can't find it. So if you find it, funny how it works. Like share that. it. <laughs> but yeah, that was really helpful to me because sometimes I forget just how hard I've worked. Sometimes I forget just how bad I badass I am at 
my my field, but I want to open it up to the societal exploration of the pressure to be perfect, the pressure mm -hmm. to be enough, and where that kind of low self-esteem comes from. Where do you think, you guys? I'd love to hear from you. So I read some research, mm. actually, <laughs> and one <laughs> of the places, actually, where it does come from has to do with like internalized negative stereotypes or internalized negative messages that oftentimes we experience in our childhood. So one of the examples that it gave would be, or I have two examples. One would be like having a different family member, like maybe a younger or an older sibling who's the smart one and you're the sensitive one. You're the dramatic one. You're the sporty one. And then, so when you try to do something that's a little bit more, you know, go for your master's degree when you're not the smart one, then you have that, that internalized negative message of, you the know, audacity. I'm not the smart one. Right. I was um, going to say, I'm both. So talk about a cognitive dissonance and a different and split. talks about cognitive dissonance too. And, you know, I was thinking about like, almost like what we talked about in Canto, right? How Isabella or Luisa, both of those had that pressure to be yeah. either perfect or keep doing to live up to the standard, you know, so it's just as bad having the other sibling be the smart one, but what if you're the smart one? And then, so you're supposed to perform at this level. And then let's say shit gets hard. Cause you know, that's how life is. And if you've been kind of like held to this perfect standard way up here, then you're going to start setting these unreasonable standards that you can't meet or that you are meeting, but you're not because it's hard. You think you suck at it. Yeah. Right. And that's the perfectionism traits we, that I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Right? And I love the space that you said, like where you said that you, you, because you are the quote unquote smart one, mm -hmm. like, because that perpetuates this idea that there can only be one. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm also, saying? I mean, also, once you're licensed, I mean, what more is is there after that? I mean, yeah, PhD, PsyD, but then what? So, of course, when you're you're expected to hit this high level of perfection, whether it be intrinsic or extrinsic with our families, it's kind of a what now? Like, how can I be good enough when I don't feel like I'm going to reach that standard ever? Yeah. Well, it also reminds me, like you were mentioning, like being the smart one, whatever it is, like, I remember, I don't know, when I have a 17 year old kid, so when he was younger, reading like parenting tips, like, how do you raise a good, healthy kid, you know, all those things that moms do. And I remember learning, like, early on, and we learned this developmentally, you know, as therapist training to like, praise kids for their effort, not for being smart, not for being pretty, not for their That's like, the thing, right? Because what happens, like, as, an, as a gifted kid, you know, who was told how smart I was all my life. As soon as I hit any kind of challenge yeah. when I first started college, I was like, well, this is fucking stupid because I was supposed to be smart. And so then <laughs> I'm like, but I'm not smart if I can't do this. And, and it's just this cascade of bullshit, these internalized messages that, and then you doubt when you do make it, you're like, mm, well, obviously I'm not as smart as they all think. Cause that was really fucking hard or I yeah. failed that test or whatever the case may be. And I find it really interesting too, that this syndrome was first coined by, um, I have it written down in 1978 by Georgia State, Georgia State University folks, Dr. Pauline Clance and Suzanne Imes. So two women and what they initially were studying high achieving women. They actually at first thought it was a syndrome that only us females would would be subjective to, but like everybody can have imposter syndrome. And the reason that was they were talking about those internalized negative stereotypes, and of course, as women, especially going back in the late 70s, there's a lot more of the gender 
you know, discrimination than we see, even though it's still here today. It's not as, as bad. I don't know. I don't know. Going on a limb there. And so they thought that that internalized messaging of being less than, less capable, less all the things as men contributed really strongly to that. But one of the things that's held up in all the research over time is that high achieving folks, people that advance degrees, people in those highly competitive fields, folks that work in higher education or, or are part of the higher education. So like all of us that went to master, you know, got our master's degrees or beyond. I mean, I work in higher education on top of that. Mm -hmm. So like, it's really, really common for folks like us who are in these high performance areas to be more susceptible, which is kind of like I read a, a thing that says like the paradox of imposter syndrome phenomenon is those who suffer from it are typically high achieving individuals by all objective measures. Right? So what the fuck? <laughs> Why are we doing this to ourselves? <laughs> the brain's a bitch, man. After all my years in therapy, the brain's an asshole. Right? So I'm curious, what have been your experiences with imposter syndrome? Mm. We've all I been the there question. a little bit, right? I love yeah. the question. You know, when you were talking that. about Encanto, it, it really like brought up like the thought process of like how it comes up um, culturally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And families, right? Especially those that um, identify with more than one ethnicity, um, feeling pulled in multiple directions and mm. feeling like they don't belong to either or they belong yeah. to one and not the other one. Um, and that can cause a lot of uh, quote unquote identity crisis, um, especially like yeah. towards the, I'm looking at the 18 to the 24 range. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like it's in that time frame that we sort of like kind of lock into the tendency towards having imposter syndrome, right? I mean, mm. that's what it feels like. I have no data to support that. <laughs> I'm just talking on my ass. <laughs> so, Krista, what I have mean, you experienced? Um, you I've, uh, are, you, are you actually personally or are you actually working with? Because I have worked with <laughs> Either, either, but I was asking yeah. your personal experiences with it, but I mean, you can share whatever when you you're want. talking to a therapist. You always got to say what you mean. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You gotta, you gotta be clear. Which hat? <laughs> what do you think? I mean, how Which would you hat? take that? I how would you sure. interpret that question? I'm more yes. interested in that response. I'm going to that for you. No, I'd love to hear how you would this do that. This is purposefully vague. <laughs> <laughs> work related because I was thinking about like actually like when you asked me I was thinking about like the certain clients that I've had where we've talked about imposter yeah. syndrome and how that's come up for them um you know and being absolutely the client fit that to a T higher achieving worked in higher education and that was a struggle yeah. Right. And understanding like it wasn't just that it was also you know some cultural aspects as well and understanding like this is a whole identity of itself to like question or seriously doubt your capabilities because some way shape or form you can't possibly achieve what you expect this certain person or this certain uh you know uh title or job is is supposed to have mm -hmm. and that you're in it right? You somehow fell into it. You're lucky, or they're going to find out that you're a fraud, that you don't actually know what the fuck you're doing. 
<laughs> you know, that's that, what that's the narrative that's like, they, mm-hmm. that they say. Um, and like having to like really get deep, deep, deep dive into anxiety and how that plays a role, how to challenge in a way that looks at how can we look at this from a different perspective, right? How can we change the narrative so that you're able to look at this from a different framework is kind of the work that comes up um, when working with people with imposter syndrome. And it is something that people deal with. A lot of people, not only just higher education, tech is a big one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're Any high big right now. Place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, you mentioned too, like, that you didn't just fall into this, right? And I know, Jessica, you mentioned that earlier too. And what's interesting is those struggling with these tendencies will link their achievement to other things like, well, they lowered the standards for me or um, I'm really charming or um, I I just had good timing and I got lucky or, you know, whatever else it is, they're inaccurately self-assessing while like over-assessing and giving credit to these other areas that, so it's this huge cognitive dissonance going on that it's just, it leads them to think like I didn't deserve this or their actual qualities aren't the thing that got them there. And instead it was, well, I put in a hundred hours. Of course I, you know, that's the only thing that got me there. Not that my idea was actually valuable or whatever the case may be. Um, and for something else I wanted to, you mentioned that was something that they mentioned. Oh, you talked about anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. There's another view, instead of looking at traits like perfectionism, it looked at issues of burnout and depression and anxiety, specifically And this article was looking at medical students, you know, in the upper, like in the residency yeah. and things like that. Um, and they were talking about it less as an individual problem and instead a systemic problem with considerable scale and that we need cultural transformation and policy change to address this because it's just more and more and more people in these high performance fields are suffering from this. And, and they made a really good point and they connected it to these other things, you know, imposter syndrome doesn't stand alone. It's connected to all these other depression, anxiety, and those kinds of things. So funny that you mentioned that because when I very first experienced imposter syndrome, it was back when I was a trainee. I mean, before even we had the associate level. So here in California, when you're in the last three, I want to say it's the last three semesters. Krista, you and I did the same program. It's the last three, right? Yeah, it's about the last three or four. Yeah, la- about the last three semesters or so, you're working one-on-one with a professor, with your supervisor, with you have literally a course where you're writing papers on your cases, confidentiality and mind and whatnot, but it's really hands-on. During that time, I really felt like I knew nothing. I mean, in my eyes, I wasn't even graduated yet. I didn't even have a child and adolescent course, yet I was a school-based counselor. And what's really shitty is a lot of people don't know this, but when we go into practicum, we don't really have any training. For me, I was at a really toxic site. And I can only speak from my experience, but I had zero training. It was literally, here is the checklist of how to set up your voicemail, how to set up the EHR system, which is the system where we do our notes. And that was basically it. It was zero training on how to actually do therapy. And I didn't even have a child and adolescent course. So I was like, what the 
fuck do you I guys do? didn't do like practice sessions with each other oh my god none. Like, it I'll wasn't until i was, was. <laughs> honestly it wasn't until i was in the very end of my practicum where my school required like a video or audio recording that of a session. blowing my mind right now. Oh my it, God. <laughs> I, at that point, I was starting to feel a little bit more secure. But what helped me was leaning into what I'm great at. And what I'm great at is not growing up. And, I mean, you can see by my baby Yoda and my, <laughs> my wonderfulness. I mean, I have tattoos of butterflies and flowers. I will not grow up. My hair is a Crayola marker. But... <laughs> Basically, I was working as a school-based counselor, and I had a very short amount of time to get the kids into session, talk about what we needed to talk about, keep it surface level, and wrap it up. So I started playing video games and board games. That was something I was great at. And for me, I think what I excelled in and how it became my niche was just being curious. And that's what helped me with my imposter syndrome is admitting I'm not going to know everything about everything. There's going to yep. be a lot of things that I don't know. And let's be real, teens are involving all the fucking time. I try to keep up with my teens. I'm on TikTok. I keep up with pop culture. But stepping into that humility and being like, you know what? I don't know everything. Teach me. That mm-hmm. has really mm-hmm. helped with my imposter syndrome. But it's also showing my clients like, hey, I give a fuck about your life and I care about what you bring into session enough to Mm -hmm. join in it. So it's not just tell me about it. It's like, let me sit next to you. Let me explore Roblox with you. Let me explore Fortnite with you. I'm not the best at playing it. I'll admit that. Yeah, I'm a video game therapist, but I suck ass at some video game. (laughs) And that's where the imposter syndrome came in later. It's really stepping into what you're comfortable with, who you are as a person. Like for me, Carissa and I, we touched on it last week with a video game session. We grew up playing video games. So for me, that was something I'm comfortable with. Don't be someone who you're not. Like Christy, you're the sweary therapist. I'm the (laughs) tattooed therapist. Mm -hmm. I play video games. I'm a kid at heart. So my biggest trick was kind of pushing aside the you can't have colored hair, you can't show tattoos, stigma of our field. Let's be real, show of hands, who's heard that in their career? Oh my gosh, Right? That you have to be someone you're not. And Mm -hmm. I think that's where a lot of the imposter syndrome comes in. It's not embracing your own authenticity, but how can we expect our clients to do the same if we're not even comfortable doing that? So that's what's really mm-hmm. helped me is embracing who I am, embracing yeah. the bright hair color, embracing mm-hmm. the video games, and embracing the uncomfortability of joining my clients where they're at and joining their world, whether it be video games, whether it be drawing, whether it be nerddom, geekdom, just kind of being mm-hmm. curious about it. And admitting, yeah. you know, we're people too. We don't know everything. Right. <laughs> I love how you brought that out, like how it affected you as well. Like, I feel like I always was nervous, but it was all like when I first started as a trainee and we did do role plays. It just was other in other classes. (laughs) For Mm -hmm. us, we did role plays. Um, But it was it was like the space. I would say the the space that I feel like it 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 came up for me was when I felt like I didn't do anything, but my mm-hmm. clients, oh, like when a saying, client didn't, yeah, okay. but my clients yeah, were yeah, like, yeah, yeah, we've been, we've been like, 
oh my God, we've seen so much change since we started seeing it. And I'm like, really? Because y'all do most of the talking. <laughs> and I'll be trying to sketch my head like, I don't like shit. It's about <laughs> their perception. That's what's important because that's their mm. reality. Yeah. Right. But it's happened quite a few times. <laughs> I, I think it happens to most of us. Yeah, at some point. Yeah. But, you know, Jess, I almost feel like at the very beginning of your story where you said when you were first starting out in your practicum, I don't know, like a part of me is like, maybe that wasn't really imposter syndrome because you didn't receive the full training that you could have and should have. Like before I went to practicum, so I went to a fully online school. Um, I mean, they have an in-person program Mm. and that's like two-year program. And then they have a part-time online program. It's KCREP accredited. It was one of the only at the time. Now there's a whole fuck ton because, you know, COVID (laughs) moved everything. So yay for everybody that's coming up as a therapist. (laughs) I had to go to a fucking private school and it was really expensive. But anyway, um, (laughs) the shade, the shade, (laughs) my program was excellent. I loved my program. I went to Wake Forest. It was just, it was a great experience. And one of the things that we did was we got paired up with a triad. So me and two of my other classmates who one of them lived in California, I think the other one lived, I don't know, North Carolina, somewhere, you know, all different places. And we got paired up and we had to coordinate our schedule so we could meet for three hours and in that three hours using a we had a different program that we use it was HIPAA compliant all this other shit we practiced we would have to we'd have specific counseling skills we would have to practice right so one week would be reflection of emotions another week would be reflections of content another week it would be you know uh motivational interviewing on the one hand this but on the other hand that you know those kinds of skills right and we i feel ripped off yeah you should we had to record 20 minutes of a session. So like, like, let's say it was you, me, oh, yeah. Jessica, I Carissa, and myself. Hours. And I, I, let's say I was oh. your therapist. You'd pretend to be Carissa's and Carissa would pretend to be mine. And the one that isn't being therapized would be yeah. the observer yeah. providing yeah. feedback. And we would record that. And then on top of that, having the actual practice, then you would have to go in and transcribe everything that you said to your client Ooh. and then analyze it as, was this a reflection? Was it a affirmation? Was it a whatever? It made you acutely aware of the shit you said or didn't. Um, and then you had to like analyze it then as a group who did what well and blah, 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 blah. And I feel like so that would fuck me up. It was weird at first. But that would fuck my shit up. Came, I was, would leave with the imposter syndrome. <laughs> no, like it was actually so helpful because you had to go watch the video. You had to We're get all that anxious over here. <laughs> you got the feedback from the instructors letting you know yeah. what you did really well, what you could do a little better. But they weren't like mean about it. They were super constructive oh, feedback. I felt it's totally prepared when I got that. out there. It's, totally it's seriously it's funny that you mentioned that because I remember what's I actually remember what started my imposter syndrome before I even was a school-based counselor was a supervisor who was pretty much the same way it was someone who had their PhD and I love her greatly I'll shout her out Dr. Mori you are amazing professor at Cal State Fullerton I was absolutely fucking terrified of her for the longest time and that's what a lot of clinicians were saying was oh she was scary but when I stepped into her expectations of knowing my shit I mean I'm a clinician at that Mm -hmm. point I was an associate I was expected to know the DSM I was expected to know what's going on with my clients it was really intimidating and I think that's a lot of what plays into it is being intimidated by clinicians that you feel know their shit but this, this supervisor, I, I struggled for the longest time of, oh my God, wow. I don't know my shit. 
But then when I started trusting myself of like, you know what, I'm here for a reason, she's right. And I have expectations of knowing my shit. I'm going to be licensed. I'm not going to have this help once I'm licensed. Mm-hmm. Might as well utilize mm-hmm. it. Might as well mm-hmm. speak up in supervision, which is the yeah. best tip I have ever heard. Oh, yeah. For so sure. Speak up in supervision. That's where you're going to get your help. It's okay to not know you're not what supposed you're to. You're still a student. I tell, yeah. I tell my students. Ask so I, questions. I teach. That's I don't true. know if you guys know that. My other life, I'm a teacher. And I've been, I teach a bunch of different things. But I started out as a phlebotomy mm-hmm. teacher, teaching people how to draw blood. Cool. And what's funny is, like, within a week or two, they're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, well, if you did, why the fuck would you be here? You know, and they'd be right? apologizing for making mistakes or not getting the blood. I'm like, if you could do this without going to school, you would. Just like if we could do therapy yep. without going to school, then we would. But we don't. We don't know all the exactly. things. And so I think that for me, having worked in education where I had a ton of imposter syndrome experiences when I worked there, but I think that it gave me a different understanding of how, how education works, what it's like to go through that process, like watching my students and guiding them and telling them you're not supposed to know all this stuff now. This is when you get to fuck up because now you're supported and we don't expect that much of you. It's okay. When you get out to the real world, you'll be ready because you learn more from your failures. So all the shit I would tell my students when I got to counseling school, I was like, oh shit, I got this. I'm just like my students. This isn't any different. And actually as a counselor, I have I've doubted myself more in like in the moment I've, you know, I've been like, Oh, I'm kind of new. I don't really know what I'm doing, you know, but not imposter syndrome. I, I never really experienced that here. Cause I understand. I know what I know. I don't, I, I know what I don't know. And I'm, I'm working on achieving that. And I have the training. I have the experience. I'm also, I don't expect myself to be perfect in this space, but when I went into yeah. education now, that was a whole other story, but I'll, I'll let, I'll pause for a moment because I've talked a lot and I'll let Sam fill us in on when she's experienced some imposter syndrome. (laughs) Okay. I think now that you think about the, now that I, now that I'm thinking about it, I, I really experienced it probably at my job where I started working in a rehab clinic, um, for addiction and substance use. And Mm -hmm. it's really hard when you're categorized as a normie. Because you're running groups, like I, you know, I'm like a very innocent, I, you know, I'll say to say like just alcohol and marijuana. That's all I've ever tried just because like, I'm, I'm scared kind of, of like, it just, to me, there's, there's, um, also some things pre predisposition mental health wise. Mm -hmm. I'm just concerned. I'm like, no, just not going to go there and take that risk. Um, so I think it really did come up because I'm working with all different types of people. And it's kind of the attitude of how are you going to help us get sober when you've never experienced this? I hate that sentence <laughs> from people. Cause I don't have to go through your trauma to help you work through your fucking trauma. And you know that. Yeah. So why the fuck do I have to go through my own addiction to help you work through your addiction? Like, yeah, mm, that irritates yeah. me. <laughs> so, so, but it wasn't the vibe that I was getting. It was the yeah. vibe it wasn't the vibe that they were giving me. It was the vibe I put on myself. Mm. Um, and that's yeah. right. So it's kind of, kind of scary in that way. And to be fair. Yeah. When someone's a shitty clinician or a shitty group leader, they will say things like that. Um, but it's, but I don't think it's because the clients can conceptualize that they're just a shitty like therapist. Or right. Whatever. 
It just kind of like, they don't understand. So that's an easy way to kind of say that. So I think for me, it was just definitely. So I was thinking of that. And I was also thinking of the other experiences, I think, in terms of imposter syndrome on the other side, because I think we're looking at it as comparing ourselves upward comparing yourselves, but what about those that compare downward in posture mm-hmm. syndrome, right? Yeah. So I would always, I had run a lot of groups, you get all kinds of people, right? And so a lot of people came like from the hood, from the street, they had been in and out of prison and are very institutionalized. So I just think like about their experiences, maybe early on to get jumped into a gang, to, to be kind of like these other people and what, that might be imposter syndrome in that way, not necessarily like moving up, but maybe identifying with people. That was some, somewhere that my mind went, you know? And so mm-hmm. like, yeah, but I wonder how it would be if we looked at imposter syndrome, not just like, I want to comparing up but almost like even in a negative, just like to fit in a negative way. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Or right. I need to do this to prove myself. Oh, I need to be yeah. a man I need it, whatever, you know? So Interesting. I saw That's that a, a lot in grad school, honestly, yeah. of like, I need to prove myself to the professor or I need to prove myself in this way. And I saw a lot of kiss asses in that, in that sense. And <laughs> in some ways it's annoying, but in some ways I get it because we're paying a lot for education. Might yeah. as well get our money's worth. But I also see on like the Facebook groups, those therapists who try to tone police. Oh my oh god. My god. <laughs> I stopped going on therapy Facebook groups. It's so bad. It's, I go there. It's so awful. Bad. Every now and then so, you find a gem, but you gotta sift through so right. much shit. We're gonna have a whole episode about that one day. A whole oh episode. my god. <laughs> we better. One hundred percent because for those who are not clinicians, kind of uh, TLDR is the Facebook therapy groups are so dramatic. They're full of Facebook people. Let's just tell you everything you need to know. <laughs> it's messy. It's messy. So that it will be bad. another podcast in and of itself. Oh, but so on the opposite end of imposter syndrome, you have those self-righteous therapists who are so stuck in the Freudian ages and outdated as fuck. I don't even think they know what a CEU is that they're like, you need to do this. And it's kind of gatekeeping therapy too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. <laughs> so much no. dirty so laundry. I'm, I'm not going to so touch on that laundry. right now. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's something it's something that's happening right now. Look me. at Carissa. She's so <laughs> somatic right now. She is so <laughs> somatic. <laughs> let me just put, let me put it this way. Like I, I had to tell my people, I was like, look, I'm going to think of a really nice way to respond to this email. And uh, if by the time we have this meeting, I don't, they're going to get whatever the fuck comes out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So glad to be in private practice. (laughs) Right? Oh, my goodness. I'll share on guys- our Discord. This is just for <laughs> <laughs> with the podcast. Y'all I'll hire y'all. y'all we don't okay. need that, right? <laughs> so y'all know oh, yeah. one of the most recent experiences that I had with imposter syndrome. What was actually joining this podcast? No, what? This was super duper. 
No, it has nothing to do with you guys. It was all, and I recognize this now, and now that we've done it a bunch, I have a, I have a lot of fun and everything's fucking fine. But yeah. when I first was like, when you put the first call out, like who wants to do this? I, was, I had just spoken to my supervisor about, I need to start stepping outside of my comfort zone, you know, stepping into my learning edges, my growing edges, and I need to do something different. And so literally that day you posted the thing, I'm looking for some therapists. And I just was like, right in that high of, I just had a great supervision meeting. I was like, I'll do it. And I sent you off a fucking email. And then it started happening because I've <laughs> volunteered for lots of things that have like just fallen through the cracks. Right. So then this shit's happening. And I'm like, oh no, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Like, which is weird. Cause I literally just said a few minutes ago, I don't ever really have imposter syndrome as a therapist, mm-hmm. but I was like, this isn't therapy. I'm not doing yeah. therapy. I'm talking about therapy. I'm a fucking educator though. And this is what I was saying earlier. I have a lot of imposter syndrome when it comes to being an educator, even though I've been working in education for 12 years, you know, and I'm, I'm, I know I'm good at it. I know when I'm in the classroom and I'm working with my students, like I get great feedback. They all do well, yada, yada, yada. That's wonderful. Oh, right. But I think it's because I wasn't formally trained as an educator. I don't actually, I don't have a pedagogy. When people That's use so these terms, true. I'm like, what the fuck are they talking about? And I'm taking mm. these courses now for the certification thing. And I'm learning these terms. And I'm like, That's what that's called. Okay. Oh, wow. You know, so I have no what? like context, like these things that I figured out that felt right. So I was doing them, but then I'd be in these meetings talking about building curriculum. And I'm like, I don't really know what you're talking about, but this is what I'm doing. They're like, yeah, that's it. I'm like, I don't know what I did. Oh my God. It's funny that you mentioned that because I was doing geek therapy long before I even took a geek therapy course. Mm-hmm. And then when I took the course, I was like, I already fucking know this. Like, yeah. Why am I paying to do this? I mean, I'm not going to name the course. Because right. It's already been drugged <laughs> through the mud as it should be. <laughs> But even it's funny that you brought up this podcast because imposter syndrome came up for me when I created this as well. I mean, I am solely private practice now, but back then when I first created this podcast, I was leaving a private practice in a city that was like hours away from me. And even my colleagues in the same group practice lived really far from me. And I, I kind of, I mean, not kind of, I really felt lonely, which yeah. is a common mm-hmm. theme that comes up with telehealth therapists, with those who run their own private practice. I mean, I would love to start a group practice, which I am fully incorporated. So whenever y'all are licensed, come on over. My arms are open. I just need the housing but... market to settle down and then I can come <laughs> over you California. Oh my God. Okay, the like... California housing market. It's... That is a whole nother topic. We'll pitch Girl, in I for think... a commune. I am <laughs> down. I am down. We have talks by land. I can't even get you... another place here in, in Florida. Right? Like, right? So, but yeah, for anyway. those of you who have not listened to all of our episodes, we have explored our dream therapy offices, and I'm to- totally down for that. But when I first created this, I was thinking, you know what? I'm bored as fuck, and I miss the shooting the shit aspect yes. of mm-hmm. working with colleagues. But yep. also, I had fake as fuck colleagues. Let's mm-hmm. be real. It, it exists yep. in yeah. our field, and it's disgusting. But I started clicking with so many people online. So I put out that call of, you know what? I want to create a podcast. 
But this is something I was pitching to cl to my clients, let's be real, as we're exploring, like, what do you do for self-care? And I'm like, you know what? I think, you know, you're right. The world is a lonely place. You know, maybe I should create a podcast. And they're like, yeah, dude, fucking create a podcast. Or I heard from so many clients request to create a podcast. Interesting. And then I would speak with my, um, with my therapist of, you know, you should find a hobby. So I initially thought, you know, I'm not even licensed. Who the fuck am I to start a podcast? And to be honest, I'm glad I did because lots of stuff went down in my professional and personal life today at WonderCon and my panel came to my aid. And this is also a reminder for those in the field that are feeling lonely. It's okay to reach out. For those who are trainees, for those who are associates, for those who are students, if you don't know what the fuck you're doing, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Neither do we. Right? <laughs> I looked into video game therapy. Crowdsourcing. Right? Crowdsourcing. <laughs> I followed something that I was interested in just as a, yeah, that sounds nice, then it became what I do. So it's okay to be you. It's okay to embrace your uniqueness because if we're expecting our clients to do so, we should do so too. Also, keeping in mind my uniqueness, I know we need to set up transcripts and captions and whatnot for those who are hard of hearing. I am hard of hearing myself, so that is Me something too. that is coming soon to the podcast. I just need to figure out how to do it. I'm going to set it up right now if I'm able to. So thank you, those who are listening. That is something that I'm looking to have as an ongoing feature of this podcast. Yeah, I love Enable. how you shared that about the um, the podcast, um, like how imposter syndrome came up for you. It's funny, it, it came up for me as well, but not for this. Um, so like when I first started my, uh, my, uh, at the private practice that I'm currently at with my supervisor. I've been with her for a year. Love you, Eve. Um, <laughs> she told me when we were talking about marketing and stuff, she was like, yo, you know, you should try to do a podcast or something. You should go do that. And I was like, bitch, where? <laughs> How? <laughs> Girl, I, I weaseled my way out of other podcast invites. I'm like, oh no, I can't do it this way. Oh, some she yeah. came out. I was like, no, Always got out of it. Never I did found it. Jess and Jess talked to me about other ways of marketing and she did the, she helped me with like, you know, create my logo. And then like, lo and behold, months later, she was like, yo, I'm doing a podcast. I want you to be part of this. And I was like, bitch bet like you set me a good you set me up i'm a return of favor and girl i was the first one to call you today when i was freaking out at WonderCon. so mm -hmm. i got you like anything you need 100 percent. yeah i definitely felt imposter syndrome joining because i was like what the fuck do i have to talk about who the fuck wants to listen <laughs> to me and my husband was like are you dumb like people listen to you all the time like that's what you do like shut up and go do the thing and i'm like okay i'll go do the thing and then we have the same significant other <laughs> <laughs> and then like the first time i hosted i'm like yeah i'll do it and then inside i'm like what the f what why why what makes you think you got this you know and then it was fine. It wasn't as good as I would have liked it, but that's me and my dumb, you know, too high standards, that perfectionism mm. thing kicking in. And 
I don't have it today though. You know, it's something that I actively have to work on and, and you can overcome imposter syndrome. And I think that that's really important. Like it is a common experience. Um, and there are definitely a lot of factors that contribute to it, but we can do something about it. And one of the best things we can do about it is normalize the fuck out of it by having more of these conversations. Yeah. This was actually like talking about it with people, with your friends, with your supervisors, with your colleagues in group therapy, in an individual therapy. Those are all the things that are listed in terms of like best ways in the research, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy is really good because it also adjusts your thinking. You know, personally, I do a lot of mindfulness practices so that I'm, I'm more present in the moment. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do like mini mindful moments throughout my day. So I can kind of check in and be like, am I autopiloting and saying a bunch of bullshit to myself right now? Like what, what is this mental chatter I've got going on and really trying to be like, that's not nice, Christy. You shouldn't say that. <laughs> what could I say instead that's a little, like, at least neutral? Let's it's go for neutral. what you preach, right? So oh, fun. my God. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Then, so you know, fun. I but love I love the, how um, you uh, brought up the part about, like, you know, our growing up. Because it reminds me, like, and I think that that's why what has been my saving grace of not always, not I don't want to say always, but not, like, fully falling into imposter syndrome like I've seen yeah. in my like, I feel like I've, I flirted with it, but I yeah, haven't that's like, a good fell into it. it. I love yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? But I, and nah, I think that I bitch has a death grip. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like that bitch flirts with me and I'm like, oh, you know what? You come back here all the time. Like, you know, you're cute, but you look like you're a mess. So, <laughs> you know what I say? And I think the reason that is, is because of my upbringing. I remember like one, one thing that my mom always said that I always kept with me is nothing beats a failure, but a try. And so I always hear that in my mm-hmm. brain when I think mm-hmm. about shit that I can't do. Nothing beats a failure, but a try. Because most of the time I'm like, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> I fucking love that. I love it. I do yeah. like that too. What does that even fucking mean? It's like, bitch, at least try. (laughs) I remember, and I don't know if this is true. I have no idea if the story is actually true, but when I was working um, as a student at the ranch out where I used to do equine therapy and things like that, our our equine expert who they used to joke about it the psychologist would say like I've taught him just enough about psychology to be dangerous and he's taught anyway it's a silly little thing so he would often contribute at the end when we'd be you know kind of debriefing and he liked to tell the story of WD-40 and he was like they failed 39 times to create the right formula and it was 40th the 40th try they got WD-40 again I don't I haven't researched it I like the story so if it's not true don't fucking tell me I like it okay (laughs) lie to me (laughs) lie to me me. but it's true right it's only a failure if you quit trying yeah and and I think the the best thing I heard was half ass is better than no ass if you can't whole ass something even if you get one ass cheek you're golden you're doing more than no ass and, and to clarify it's okay if you don't do the thing exactly. you will still learn from it grow from it and have an experience from it that it can still be a hundred percent valuable even if you you know don't do whatever it was if you actually you know absolutely maybe you discover you can't do the thing some yeah, limitations, I think, but you still learn from it. You still grow from it. There's still positives yeah. there. And I think the biggest takeaway I had is even when I was licensed, I was like, who the fuck decided to give me a license? And I say that all the time <laughs> in my sessions, too. I'm like, like, sometimes I hear something coming out of my mouth. I'm like, 
Huh. <laughs> Who decided to give me that license? I don't even Whenever know. Whenever I have that but <laughs> I think about all those Facebook people that we were talking about earlier. Oh, my like, God. My, my friend and I, she is in the group practice, and I work with her over at her group practice a little bit, super, super part-time. And we have this little inside joke of hashtag OC, and it stands for hashtag our competition, meaning if those motherfuckers can do this, we're golden. Like, we're fucking... Like, how she bring the, the OC into this? But now it all I makes need, sense. I need to try that. <laughs> I mean, I'm from Orange County, so that also know, applies. It's, it's like, hashtag double level. OC. <laughs> but, like, Carissa, you feel me. It's a whole new level here in OC. Same with Sam. I mean, y'all are in the California peak. Yeah. But I think the number one thing that has helped me, especially since becoming licensed, where I'm, there's more pressure. And I think the imposter syndrome comes with more pressure, definitely. Ooh. But what I reminded myself was, you know, I still have help. Even if I'm licensed, it's not spotlight on me. I consult with y'all on a regular basis. And that's actually part of the expectations of our job ethically we are supposed to consult with one another so i think a lot of the imposter syndrome also comes with undue pressure upon ourselves as an associate to know everything that's what oh. supervision is for speak up in supervision i swear i was the only one asking <laughs> questions oh and it my was god the longest fucking two hours of my life yeah. and we can continue supervision i still exactly. do supervision Same once a month here. Mm-hmm. I'm fully licensed, and I continued a while past I was when I was licensed. I mean, now I'm chilling, but it's all of okay my professors still, get at it. still went to supervision. Right. Like they that's modeled different. that for us, and it's okay. You, know? you got to build your support system too. You have to be intentional with the support system. If you isolate yourself, whether it's personally or professionally, you're setting yourself up to have these fucked up thoughts to have no you know you're just in your own little echo chamber hearing all the things that you're saying to yourself mm-hmm. and so you can come to your trusted people i mean us four are in the disc our personal little discord all the time talking to each other hey yeah, guys I this thing. hey y'all i need this all thing you know yeah. like, girl i look great in this outfit hype me up i mean even a yeah. therapist it helps us too. We don't all have our shit together. I'm the messiest fucking therapist <laughs> I will ever admit. It's okay. I'm drunk as fuck and crossfaded. Sometimes that's how we cope. Healthy coping skills too. I talk to my people. I talked out my feelings rather than drowning it out in alcohol. Careful yeah. balance. But it's okay to admit that you don't have your shit together. I think that's the TLDR of this podcast with you know, mm-hmm. imposter syndrome and not feeling like we know our things. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to not know everything. I don't know everything. Yeah. You don't know everything, Jessica. What do you field. mean? Right? I'm leaving this what? podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. No, I'm messy. I don't know That's everything. Funny. It's okay to, to ask for help. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, I think you've mentioned a lot, Christy, um, especially in regard to having imposter syndrome because you've had to teach yourself. So my partner is a photographer and genuinely gets books by booked by artists and has to get flown out of state. I mean, big venues, um, has photographed at like the Red Rocks Amphitheater, San Francisco, you know? And so, but every single time he has the, he has the worst imposter syndrome of anybody that I know in general. Um, and, um, I think, 
and he is so anxious so he's just always like oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh like I'm gonna suck and then even after his photos are great and he still is like but it's I can do something more I can do you know and I think with his photography it was a hobby he got into it and then just kept up with it but he didn't have any formal training you know and I'm like like I can understand. I mean, to me, as like someone who do, I don't really deal with it too, too much, right? In my own personal life. But I'm just saying, as someone who's like, it's not like you're just doing it like to help a friend or like doing it for fun. You're legitimately getting paid and doing these big, right? big shows for, with thousands of people. And you're still thinking, oh, yeah, like you just left yeah. or some shit, right? Right. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, you're good enough. Yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm curious. Carissa, you kind of touched on this earlier mm-hmm. that a lot of that internal monologue comes from our childhood. Oh, yeah. Now I'm curious if that kind of internal imposter syndrome comes from that. I know for me with my family to this day, even when I was licensed, it was, okay, cool. We knew you were going to do it. So I wasn't really used to a whole fanfare growing up. And a lot of my education was me, myself, and I. So I'm, I'm curious if this imposter syndrome is coming from not being used to that kind of praise and recognition growing up or high expectations. And then when we hit the hallmark area, so to speak, of being licensed, being niche in our field, being the expert, we feel, you know, well, I don't think I'm doing good enough. I'm, you know, I'm not getting that recognition from my family. I don't feel like I'm enough to that high standard, like, but I'm getting praise, like this feels wrong. At least that's what it is for me. I'm curious if it's well, like that, that internalized, yeah, that internalized negative stereotype or message that from, you know, it, cause the thing is we make those, we make those internalized things when we're children. I mean, have you ever like talked to a kid and asked them to explain something, anybody under eight? I mean, you guys work with kids, right? Like their logic makes no fucking sense, right? You're just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Sometimes. Listen to a kid talk to a story. It's whatever. Yes. That same brain, that same logic is creating these core beliefs that we're carrying around into our 20s and 30s and 40s. Oh, God. This is why we all should go to fucking therapy. You got to unravel. In your child. <laughs> okay. You got to peel back yes. all those layers and be like, who the fuck said that? And why the fuck Shut did I make this conclusion? Hard theory. Right. So like, it's, it's all connected guys, but (laughs) that's where that comes from. Absolutely. It comes from your stupid childhood brain that makes dumb logic leaps and connects shit that doesn't necessarily need to be connected, especially when you don't have that direct, like somebody told you, you suck. Like I didn't have that. I had the opposite. You're so smart. 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 And then, so in my way, I went more the, like, I have to always be smart. I'm the yeah. oldest too in my family, you yeah. know, in terms of the siblings. So I have to just take care of all the things. So like, just fucking do it no matter what. So it can come from negative stuff, but I think it can also come from those inadvertent. It's like my parents meant to fuck me up in that way. They thought they were being nice, you know? You're so smart. Yay. So, yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> you're like, mm, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do that with kids. I tell them. You did a great job, but then we, you know, this is a total side now, just dashing this in, but we have like the uh, older generation. That's like, what are we giving everyone fucking participation trophies? Oh my God. I heard my parents <laughs> and that. I felt that? chills. Are the Woo! ones who gave us the fucking trophies though. Right? So what the fuck? <laughs> so <laughs> in 90s child, like. 
All right. You know, I, I didn't get that because <laughs> that shit didn't happen to me. <laughs> I never, did. I got a wait, trophy for being last place. Not a fucking team. participation show. We got a trophy anyway. I'm like, why are we getting this? I we we never won a game. Why are you giving me a fucking trophy? Oh my gosh. But and I'm like, me is like, why? How could they not give you a participation trophy? <laughs> See, I was in color guard, and if we got silver, it was like you had two gold. What is wrong with you? So oh. <laughs> fractionism who? Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know her. I'm going into too much other territory. Like I, okay. I remember, I remember, like it's it, back then it was called language arts, but basically it, it is performing arts. Where I was, mm-hmm. this eight year old, nine year old, wait, wait, fourth grade, so nine, nine or eight, nine year old, doing these poems, uh, performing them. And these like um, like at the school, and like you would play against regionals and like you would go up and up. And um I remember like going out there. I performed this. Uh, it was the first time that I did it by myself. Mm. Fucking eight or nine. I'm doing this this poem by myself. I go out there. I say it exactly how I'm supposed to say it. And when I leave, I thought I fucked up because everybody in the audience was crying. Oh no! And like I like a good cry or a bad cry. It was uh the the poem that I did was called <laughs> "We Are Seven by William Wordsworth. And it's about this this um, this man that has a dialogue with the seven year old. Hey, how long is this poem? I think you need to read it for us. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's not that long, but, but no, what do it. About, read it, read it, read it, read it. Oh my god, that's, that's totally off topic, guys. I'll do it Let's time. take a quick break. <laughs> And pause while she obtains. No, poem. we have to get into it. It's like that. This is a once in a lifetime that Teresa oh my God, is able no. to relive her childhood. <laughs> you got Shadow it. work. I can Shadow pause. work. Shadow we, work. Can we cut it out? <laughs> yes, let's do it. Let's pause and come back. Let's okay. pause and come back. Come right back. Okay. All right. So I guess I'm just going to do it. Um, so this is a poem that I did. I did this when I was like eight or nine. I know by heart, it was a long, long time ago, but, uh, I'm going to do it right now for you guys. So I'm going to get into character and like, I'm sure it looks, I'm, I'm more vocal now as an adult, but okay. So here we go. I think it should be like two, three minutes. Not that long. Okay. And this is, oh, trigger warning. This is a sad poem and it talks about grief. So if you're feeling some type of way, go ahead and skip this part of the podcast or the um, YouTube video um, if you feel like it's too much for you at this point. So I want to put that trigger warning out there for you guys that are listening. Okay. All right. We Are Seven by William Wordsworth. A simple child that lightly draws its breath and feels its life in every limb, what should it know of death? I met a little cottage girl. She was eight years old, she said. Her hair was thick with many a curl that clustered round her head. She had a rustic woodland air and she was wildly clad. Her eyes were fair and very fair, her beauty, made me glad. Sisters and brothers, little maid, how many may you be? 
how many? Seven in all, she said, and wondering, looked at me. And where are they, I pray you tell? She answered, seven are we. Two of us at Conway dwell, and two are gone to sea. Two of us in the churchyard lie, my sister and my brother. And in the churchyard cottage, I dwell near them with my mother. You say that two at Conway dwell and two are gone to sea. Yet ye are seven, I pray ye tell, sweet maid, how this may be. Then did the little maid reply, seven boys and girls are we. Two of us in the churchyard lie beneath the churchyard tree. You run about, my little maid, your limbs, they are alive. If two are in the churchyard laid, then ye are only five. Their graves are green, they may be seen, the little maid replied. Twelve steps or more from my mother's door, and they lie side by side. My stockings there I often knit, my kerchief there I hem, and there upon the ground I sit, I sit and sing to them. And often after sunset, sir, when it is light and fair, I take my little porringer and eat my supper there. The first that died was little Jane, in bed she moaning lay, till God released her of her pain, and then she went away. So in the churchyard she was laid, and when the grass was dry, together round her grave we played, my brother John and I. And when the ground was white with snow and I could run and slide, my brother John was forced to go. Now he lies by her side. How many are you then, said I, if they too are in heaven? Quick did the little maid reply. Oh, master, we are seven. But they are dead. Those two are dead. Their spirits are in heaven. Twas throwing words away for steel. The little maid would have her will and said, nay, we are seven. I love that. Yeah. That's a great I transported there. The way you read that was really good. That was Mm -hmm. amazing. Thank you. I don't know if we have an episode planned on grief, but like I feel like that should be the intro to that episode because I would love to talk about grief. I'm just saying. Like I have like 25 things I want to say, but we're wrapping this episode up. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's something I want to explore because I use video games to explore that as well. So Yeah. I did Thank um, you a whole year in hospice work and then I volunteered mm. with them and then I went through my own grief experience. And so like, I, it's one of my like little, uh, what do you call it? Favorite Patience? little topics Favorite? to kind of like yeah. explore. I yeah. Would love so. to explore that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We have that in our discord to explore that as a future podcast. So I just well, want to say, <laughs> yeah, before we go into the future <laughs> podcast, I just want to say ladies of therapy. Yes. Yeah. Here for it. It is a <laughs> tough fucking job. What we do, we are all in different walks of this therapy world, but thank you guys all for holding space for the tough, the rough and the fucked up of the lives that we work with. 
-hmm. So thank you guys for holding that space. And thank you guys for holding space to shoot the shit on a Friday night. I'm sure there's a million other things that y'all would rather be doing. But thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I love you guys so much. Yeah. But I'm East Coast. This is like 1030 at night for me. It's like nine o'clock here. So also thank you guys. Thank you guys for being patient for how long it takes to upload. For those who aren't familiar with recording a podcast and uploading, it takes forever to convert and to <clears> upload. <throat> so thank you guys for your patience. I see all of y'all YouTube subscribers and Spotify <laughs> subscribers. You guys are amazing. We love you. But speaking of all that special type of love, our next podcast is going to be right around 420. So I figured why not talk about a new brand. You're awake. Oh, my Hello. God. No. Oh, nope, nope. Still asleep in the background. But cat. It's a kitty cat. And it does have sense. Yeah, and the next episode is Friday the 15th, which is the day before Friday my birthday 15th. when Ooh. I turned yeah. 42. Happy birthday. You don't look a day older than 30. I'm Thank you. I won't I'm be here you. for that episode because I'm going to be doing the very first part of the Appalachian Trail in Georgia with oh, my husband nice. and his best Ooh. friend. So I'm going to be hiking. Yay. Yes, as you should. We encourage self-care and self-love on this podcast, and we encourage vacations. Mm -hmm. It's there for a reason. Sick days include mental health, I'm just saying. Oh, yeah. So for the next podcast, it is going to be about psychedelic, psychedelic-assisted therapy, ketamine, all those different types of things, pros, cons, what are our thoughts? you know different experiences with it or maybe questions about it so definitely something to join whether you partake or not it definitely should be informational so i'd like to explore anyone have any marketing they would like to share i am like two days three days away from publishing my new website i'm going to be going live with sweary therapy so that's going to be at www.swearytherapy.com it's live right now technically it's just the pictures are going to be replaced with some awesome new photos that i just got done i just got my business cards i got my business license all that's finally squared away and i am accepting new clients so you can head on over to www.swearytherapy.com or you can visit me where I'm already established at christiemariecounseling.com and too. And that's so. sweary with a Y, not an yes. I-E. Yes, sweary with a yes. Y. Sweary therapy. Sweary. Yes. So that's my little bit. We just got a whole podcast just like... Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> on that note, um, as a fuck you to the kind of non-gender affirming medical system... I do write gender-affirming letters. That is something that I hold near and dear to my Mm. heart. I am pansexual myself. I have a trans nephew and a lot of trans friends as well. I know how fucked up that our healthcare system can be, so I'm here to help make that process a little less shitty. I also do write emotional support animal letters. That's not to say, oh, come to me to get out of paying shit for your apartment. That's not what we right. do. So we're he- I'm here to kind of help when it is therapeutic. And that's something that I hold near and dear to my own heart as I have two ESAs myself. Those of you who have met Luna, it's hard to have a bad day when you see her whole capacity. And then Bubba's a love bug. But also, Christy, throwing it back to your court. 
You actually reminded me I am going to be not yet, but I will soon be offering uh, letter writing services as well for gender affirming care. I'm actually going through a training coming up very soon and getting all these extra CEs with it, too. So I'm very excited because I'm a geek for that kind of stuff. So that will be one of the services that I will be adding to Swery Therapy probably within a month or two. So thank you for the reminder. All right. So is that it? Does anybody else have anything else to add before we wrap up for today? No, the only thing I'd like to add is if you have no idea how to run a podcast yourself, no clue how to do logos, no clue how to do this whole therapy shit, including working with teens and working with kids, we're here to help. I'm here to help. You're not alone in this world. Kind of in light with the whole imposter syndrome. It's okay. You know what you're doing. You're here for a reason. But if you're a little stuck, it's okay to ask for help. And all of us wonderful faces are here to help you. If you don't know our names, it's okay. Go on <laughs> over to www. I mean, it's not okay. But go to www.happylittlebrains.com slash podcast. You'll see all of our wonderful faces and all of our credentials. We're here to help. Because you're not alone. Yay. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks. See you guys soon. Bye, Bye. everybody. Bye. Bye. As fuck. Huh. So, like, <laughs> I was just, you know, like, they're, they're crocheting. And I'm just like, I wonder if I can do that shit. So, I'm on TikTok. Just scrolling. My <laughs> clients also send me so many TikToks. So, it's like mm-hmm. a never-ending cycle. And I'm like, hey, that's a ball. I could crochet a ball, right? So, I make a ball. And I'm like, that was fucking fun as shit. So I make another ball, and then I'm just like. I'm a teenager again. I'm going to do something silly. I can make a dick. (laughs) So my dad was like, that's really creative. But he's also Santa at, like, a really local, nice mall. So I'm just like, I'm going to make a Santa dick. So I'm going to (laughs) make A red and white striped one with like green pubes and jingly bells so it could be jingly balls. And I got this like beard felt thing too. But it's just like I always encourage my clients self-care. And you know, we got to get creative sometimes. So, I mean, practice what Uh, you preach, I guess. Absolutely. very big on practicing what I preach. I used to draw mandalas with my clients that when I was doing in-person stuff, we would get out, you know, I mean, I wish I had scratch paper back in the day, but my walls in the other room and I have a stack of painting boards. Like I, I just have mandalas every fucking where it's like all I do. And it's very, mm-hmm. very therapeutic. It's very meditative. It's very like, I can just zone in, but not in a disassociative sort of way. Like I, I can do that too, but I can really zone in and be super duper mindful and present. And in the same way, one of the things that I found in therapy with clients doing that was in the same way, like, you know, when they're playing a video game while they're talking to you about some really fucked up shit, it's like they can split their brain, right? So they can be over here without having to touch, you know, the dangerous stuff. Right. Yeah. I think it's all the same concept that which EMDR has to do with the shit in your brain. Yes. Like you're over here the killing shit, and I'm right. here like feeling. So mm-hmm. that's one way to do that. But drawing while talking, coloring while talking, walking—that's another reason mm-hmm. I think walking. Oh there my god, really guys! Well. Like the, draw- the coloring. Yeah. I have this coloring yeah. thing. Fuck yeah. this shit. Yeah, yes. I love shit. this coloring. Dude, books. there's 
so many adult coloring books. Mm-hmm. But like seriously, I mean, while we're talking about adults, like talking about being kid and also like I love these discussions after the podcast. Like this is where it gets, <laughs> we're like, recording crazy. this one. I know. You're welcome, y'all. But <laughs> legit, legit, I was just kind of minding my own business in Target. And I wish I had this with me, but it was this cute little pineapple. And it was a bubble machine. I mean, as a kid, I didn't get yeah. to get those cute things. But, like, I'm an adult with adult money. And I'm going to buy a motherfucking bubble machine. So I'm sitting you in my sure? bed. And, I like, the that. other day, I was just, like, in my feels, you know, just being hangry as one is. And all of a sudden, I was just like, fine, I'll practice what I preach. Bubbles, and I was just like, <laughs> bubbles. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that. And I love that you're very much like, I don't want it to because Dude, I'm like that. that. Was- my best friend was like, I was talking to her in Pennsylvania, so we don't get to talk to each other very much. And she's like, I love how much you absolutely fucking hate doing all your mental health care stuff that you oh, preach to your clients. I'm like, but I do it. Let's do the because fucking I know I have to because otherwise I'll be a total fucking cunt. And that's not any fun for anybody. Water. Dude, that reminds me of that one thing you DM'd me of like, I'm drinking the fucking water for my mental health. I'm Mm -hmm. taking this stupid walk. Like, let's be real. We're all therapists here, but like, we hate that shit too. Dude, I tell my clients that all the time. I'm like, bro, this shit's hard and it's bullshit and you're right, it sucks. However. It sucks less than throwing ourselves off a bridge. So let's go on our right. stupid fucking walk. Right. But like, <laughs> see, we know the tips and tricks. Does it necessarily mean we practice what we preach? No, I, I try to. some moments we're double fisting alcohol and water. I mean, hydrate, you dehydrated noodles. But, you know, we're humans too. Right. Hydrate, fuckers. Hydrate. This is water. I brought backup refill water. Like, I'm on yeah. the water. I'm trying. Yeah, I'm like, it's I'm out of water. <laughs> so, right? This will take too okay. long. That's why you need a straw. It goes down easier. Right? Suck it up. See, I'm, like, really big on self-care. You know, and and my body made me be that way. In 2016, I didn't do any self-care. And my body was like, oh, big sure. fuck you. And I had a huge seizure. Oh, and everything <gasps> went to hell. Ooh. And I what? was forced. Ooh. To pay attention to what the fuck I was doing. You're not allowed yeah. to be that kind of stressed. You're not allowed to burn the candle both ends. You're not allowed to do it completely unaware. You autopilot just straight to your fucking death. You're not allowed to do that. You to have that. to stop. Your body and will tell you. Your body will tell it you. Will. I mean, it hopefully will. it gives you a warning. And I would hope that it's not even as severe as mine. That sucks. It yeah. sucks oh, a lot. Sure. You don't need that. You know? And, and like Sam said, like sticking a straw in it, like that's fucking therapy. Straw yeah. to your emotions. Let's do it. It's not as scary <laughs> as you think. You can have bomb ass therapists like us who actually give a shit about what we do and are humans too. And to show that it's okay to be messy. Like I'm messy as fuck. I swear in sessions I have tattoos. I have colored hair. Like be you dude we're not gonna judge you and people are afraid of like oh that's gonna go on my record nah dude like that shit. i'm telling them i'm telling myself too i'm like you know one of the things you might want to consider is blah 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 blah. i'm like listen to yourself fucker jesus christ you know dude. <laughs> uh. 
I hear therapist Jess. Like, people talk about the angel and demon. No, it's just fucking therapy Jess. That fucking bitch on my shoulder of like, no. you hypocrite! Do yeah. what you say to your clients! Mm -hmm. I'm just like, no, bitch. Just like, go away. <laughs> or like right? the shit you catch yourself doing, you're like, what the fuck am I doing? I know what I'm Fuck. You know, you suddenly become aware and you're like, oh, <sighs> and you find yourself gaslighting, even though you try not to like you find it's like, yourself, why am I doing this? Like, why am I being an asshole? I'm being an asshole right now. Uh, that's all or nothing up. thing. <laughs> hard. This shit's hard. Like, that's what I try to convey to my clients. It's like, yeah, it's just, it's not easy. It's mm -hmm. so not. And I think and the it's worst okay. is like. Like, we hear about don't therapize me, but then, like, no one really talks about the other end when, like, your loved ones throw your therapeutic shit Oh, my right fucking goodness. All oh, the like, time. You know or clients. Oh, my God. Or when yeah. clients say that shit, and you're just like, I have never had a client myself. Yeah, really? I, don't I don't have a client. No, no. Like, they <laughs> But I think I present, I'm like, I don't know shit. We're just here. Yeah, I'm really big on like, Woo! I don't know. Like, and I got that as an educator, which was actually part of the reason I used to have a lot of imposter syndrome is because I regularly told my student, my students, I don't fucking know. And I didn't see my colleagues mm -hmm. doing that at the time. I do see it more now, more people yeah. are a little bit more authentic nowadays. But none of my colleagues, they acted like they were the experts in everything. And so me over here mm -hmm. being like, guys, I don't fucking know the answer to that question. That's a really good question. I'm going to go find out. And I'd come back to class like, guys, I figured it out. Here's the answer Figured to your question out. about. I mean, this See, is, the, and, and they were maybe asking me things like that. I, I maybe should have known. Probably. Right. You know, and I'm like, like I, I probably should know the answer to that, but I don't. So I'm going to go find out. And I thought I was fucking retarded because I was the only one doing right? that. And none of my colleagues were talking about it. Right. Turns out a lot of us do that. But like that helped me as now as a therapist. I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> Let's go find out. Right. Let's Google that shit right now. Like, right. Ugh. For me, it was, I was drinking coffee in session, like a lot of coffee. Like I like oh, that Vietnamese iced coffee yeah. with like coffee ice cubes coffee. Wow. One of my team clients <laughs> was like, yeah, you know, coffee. Yeah. Like as long as you hydrate and they're drinking water, I'm like, yeah, hydration. I definitely have had a client call me off my coffee habit. I'm like, I never said I didn't right? have one, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> I gave up smoking and I picked up coffee. I'm I'm getting there. It'll get healthier and healthier each time. I promise. Right. Like, or right the little now, ones who are like, Miss Jessica, you look tired. You're self caring, right? And I'm just like, <laughs> that's so cute. I did have a couple of autistic clients that if I wasn't wearing makeup right here, because I have really dark bags in my <gasps> oh, eyes, god. and they'd be like, Oh my god, are you okay? And I'm like, Yeah, I'm fine. Oh. And my son, I already know they're gonna say something because my son already winced at me because he's autistic and he just is like, "Ooh, what's wrong with your Same face?" Here. And I'm like, "Huh? What's wrong with your face? What my skin like, looks like, asshole?" See, I hated <laughs> it, but that's me at the same time because I'm autistic as well. So it's just like, damn. Like it's when I fine. hear it back at myself, it's just like, it's fuck. fine. It's it's just is what I look like, but it's kind of like. Cool, thanks. thanks uh, I, I needed that reminder to work on that self-care and that self-image. Uh, I, I had a little kiddo who was like, Miss Jessica, I'm really concerned. I'm like, let's explore, buddy. What are you, ex what are you concerned about? And he's just, he looked down at my stomach. He's just like, I'm concerned about you dying. And I'm like, oh, 
well, that's a valid concern. Where does that come from? He's like, well, you know, I'm concerned about you being healthy, and I know fat people aren't healthy. And oh, I'm just like, oh, no. <laughs> Spell in my oh, life, no. but in that yeah. moment, he's like, "Miss Shatzka, your cheeks are turning red." I'm like, "Just, just go, just go, please!" <laughs> oh my god, I can't, I can't even. And they wonder Aww. why a lot of people say they don't want to work with kids. I mean, they are so amazing, but oh my god, oh my god, the shit that comes out of their mouth. So it's just like, wait till it's like your child, and it's somebody in the store, and you're like, "Honey." You know, like, just tell that help me. Don't don't do that. You know, I I got lucky though that the only kid person my kid ever said, you know, why are you fat? To was actually, and I was like, I'm so sorry. He's autistic, <laughs> which I never oh, used to no. say to people, but I was like, I don't want this bitch to hit me. So like, <laughs> she's autistic, and she's like, no, honey, it's okay. I am fat. And I'm like. Yeah, I know, but he shouldn't be like talking about people. He's and she's like, why not? You're short. I'm fat. It's just how we are. And I'm like, Aww. thank goodness you were I cool, know. but like that could have gone a lot of different ways. <laughs> and I think I think that's scary as someone who's autistic. Like you never know. And honestly, as someone who's autistic with my fiance who's autistic, I have concerns about our kids i mean those who know me i also wouldn't really be surprised if my kid starts crawling up the wall but you know at the same time you know there is those worries as someone who's an adult and who faces difficulties like that and the stigma surrounding autism i worry for my kids not that it's it's something Mm -hmm. of to be ashamed of i i don't want to give that message at all but just knowing how hard it was for me and how few people in society know what it's like to mm-hmm. be autistic. I mean, TLDR, we just really feel things deeply mm-hmm. and we perceive sensory input deeply. And sometimes we overstim, but we also love deeply and we feel mm-hmm. happiness deeply as therapy well. Therapy memes, so, yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be super fun. Therapy memes, that would be yeah. fun. In the chat. Ooh, yeah, because I, like I was reading a therapist who posts memes, and they were really funny. And I was like, Ooh. we should have one where like the TikToks with the theme, like the photos in the background, and we all break it down. Like, what is this? Oh my gosh, really I like that. Dude, therapy TikTok too is a whole so, other realm. You guys know I don't have a TikTok, but I have several clients that like. I don't know. I am developing a, a habit now. I like depend on them. I'm like, where's my fucking TikTok for the week? Like, you bitch didn't send it. Like, I'm telling homework. you right now, <laughs> that was me. Like, homework. Dude, Why are you that was me. This one account oh. that I think it's like Chris oh. Olson or something like that. And I just love these yeah, love fucking that. videos. They're my favorite. Oh, it's okay. hilarious. So like, yes, I would love to do that, especially if you guys that. like filled the discord with TikToks that I don't ever get to see that are funny. I'm so. telling you though, that's how it starts. That's how I started. I mean, same with this podcast. I was like, yeah, one episode here and there. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. But with TikTok, my client, my teen clients were like, yeah, you should download TikTok. I'm like, I'm okay. I told them I wasn't going to because no. I would never get off of it like them. <laughs> 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 like, For me, I was just like, yeah, that's why. 
to fuck off on TikTok. I'm not downloading it. Stop telling me. Just send me cool shit. No, I mean, for me, doing. It, it kind of felt like where I was like, oh, you know, Twitter, I'm not going to download that. Or like, oh, MySpace. Like, it felt like this generation. MySpace was cool, like, okay? It was. Live journal was better. Go back to MySpace right now. Tumblr. Tumblr, Zenga. I don't know if you remember Zenga, Zenga. but Zenga was the it was, shit. I, I was adulting then. I couldn't Ugh. do the internet at that point in time. Dude, Wyville, Sam. Do you remember Wyville? No, Wyville. Oh, is it? Was it the asking? I think like Wyville a Yahoo was the one where you can. Like, I have no idea what you guys are fucking talking about. Neopets. Neopets. I did. Neopets. 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 How old were you when you did Neopets, though? How old was I? I'm a, I was born I was, in 91. I was so <laughs> I was You're older than me? Yeah. Wait, what? That's crazy. We talked about it one time. I know, and it's still like, I still feel like you're fucking liar. <laughs> Wait, Sam, are you older than me? You're not yes. older than me, are you? I'm the second oldest. Yeah. Second oldest. <gasps> I'm 89, baby. 89? 89. I'm 90. No, you are not. I'm 80. 91. Baby. Are you telling me I'm the baby? You're the baby. <laughs> this never happens in my personal life. What the? <laughs> I'm always the oldest. That's okay. Dude, okay. But let's soul. talk. And we're we all married to a guy that's eight years younger than me. I mean, you know, I should have nine months younger than me. Cougars. Yes. But we have to have another episode of when clients make us feel old as fuck. Because. Whew, I don't actually get that feeling all that often, even what? though I'm way older happen- than everybody. Yeah, that that one hasn't happened to me. I've had the opposite so happen. I have a theory. Wait, do y'all work with kids? I have, but I don't. Yes. But so here's the thing: I don't give a fuck about how old I. Like when I joke, like I'll make a joke every now and then about being old, but like, yeah, I actually don't like. I don't care. Yes, like, no, yeah, no, no. but when they don't understand your joke. True. No, for real. Like my land. Like I don't tell jokes just to tell jokes. I don't know. (laughs) Mine. Like that's when I was just like, oh my god, what the fuck? Like when I was on TikTok and I saw these people use those iPad shuffles, you know, the clips, as a fucking hair clip, and they're like, look at this vintage accessory, and I was just like, vintage or those like cute like Von Dutch purses of the two thousands. Or people using the butterfly clips. Oh, and I'm yeah. just like, what the fuck? It's coming back. Or I had to explain what see, I just feel like, oh, like was. how exciting. We get to see this again. It doesn't really make oh, me feel old. No, I had to explain what, what know, skippets were. What, what were? Like, what skip skip it. The skippets? Skip it. It's a toy. Skip it. Okay, I just couldn't hear you. I had to skip it. No. Absolutely. I had to explain what a... I have a crimper. Crimper? I can go get it right now. It's in my bathroom and it works. Dude, we should have a nostalgic episode (laughs) where we all come back as like 90s. About to sit in like 1989. It's pink. I'm here for that. I have a caboodle. But (gasps) I had a bit of my caboodles and I saw one at Ulta though. They're trying to bring it back. That's where I got mine. But. I had to explain what Rick Rolling was. <laughs> a caboodle's like a tack. You had to explain that to shit. me. <laughs> you don't know what Rick Rolling is? It Rick came up in a session. Yeah, you had to explain, explain it. it. Damn! 
I remember you explained it to her. And then I was like, oh, I didn't know that's what it was called. Pam. That's hilarious. Like it's happening all over. Which is funny because I knew it and I'm older than Pam. And you're younger, and you knew it, but Sam didn't. So, sometimes it's not just that we're older, or too young, or too old. You just skipped it. Yeah, you were, we weren't in a pocket. Oh, you weren't in that pocket. You were in a different pocket. You know what? You know? I started watching. You ever did? You ever see the the old series, older series, How I Met Your Mother? Yes. I only watched like an episode of that. I never yeah, watched the whole thing. So they remade yeah. How I Met Your Father. And it's kind of Dude, like a parody like take on it. Same producer mm-hmm. or whatever, but it's like a generation after. But oh, now with yeah. a female okay. lead. But the first seasons, the first show was amazing. But it also yeah. took place in like two like it it looks like it's like 2007-ish, like around oh, there, you know? No. Versus this now that this new one. It's cool because it's like body positivity, more femorals, etc. But mm-hmm. then they're using words like cap, bet, like all this new language, and they're trying to be like, oh, we're on a Tinder date. Like <laughs> I hate it. It's awful. Oh no. Am oh, I does that mean I'm older? Like, like... In my it's I like, was I like that? Like, I mean, it's I had like a dramatization, moment. you know, an exaggeration yeah. of it. Like, oh, you know, I think we were all, in a way though, like it's the part sure. you remember, right? Without the nuance and the context of it being normal. So now it seems uh, cringy. I would say some, no, the so my past clients, none of my current clients, yeah. no, none of them talk like that. I feel like the newer ones. No, but I worked in a rehab. <laughs> Everyone was saying shit. I didn't know. Dude, Dude I, mean, I guess every now and then I have to ask my students and my clients, oh, what, what are you saying? What's the, what's the thing the kids say now? I do have to ask that every now and then. Right? Just, or they're like, you don't know what that is? And I'm like, no, no, like, they're never really surprised really? though when I ask, but I so I must ask a lot because they're always I like work with tiny assholes or something. I love y'all. Yeah, I think Seriously, so. I love you guys so much. But kids are assholes though, so I mean, they like, are. I love them. They're sweet People and they're the future of whatever. So but like, they're fucking assholes because they have no filter. They no just filter. don't have And their they're parents mean. are all fucked up because we're all living in the world that we live in, and y'all know how fucked up that is. So they're just sending their shit downhill. And then you're having to clean it up as a therapist. So when the kids come into oh, therapy, they're shits. And it's just, it's okay. That is a very anyway. awful metaphor. But it feels so great when you're Viscerally, the I was like, bag. A shit rolling down. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's what it is. And you're at the end of the hill, like, oh, yeah, like, hi, let me help you. Oh, shit. Right? Like the most- Tell me how I'm wrong. You're not wrong. It's, it, no. Wrong. I, I was, just, I was <laughs> hoping... You could be equally right, but present yeah. it just a little. Oh my god, <laughs> a little less. A harsh. little less. Sam, your cat's alive, or it was alive for like no. two seconds. Oh, this is. Nice. Did I share with you guys like this thing that my 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 uh, colleague sent to me? Hmm. It made me so sad. I was I was oh. like, okay. Why okay. are you making us depressed today? No, no, no. What the it, fuck? It made me sad my cat is sad. Like, this is true. So this person says. 
uh, there should be feelings hookers. And so then it says like you hire one to come to your house and they sit there for an hour and listen to you cry about your life. And then afterwards you pay them a hundred bucks and you never see each other again. How perfect would that be? And there then the are people that responds, do that. That's what that's real a therapist. That's what yeah, you that's a therapist. Oh. And I was like, I'm an emotional hooker. I'm a feeling hooker. There are people who that. do that. That's what we I do. Totally do it. <laughs> what are you talking about? You can hire like professional huggers or cuddlers yes, too. Also, a professional friends to like walk with you or just chat on. I do a lot of like, that. It's a thing. I would totally. You're do an otaku for sure. You're always at home, <laughs> isolated. Dude, one hundred percent. I would totally. And it's totally culturally accepted. Just buy me Del Taco. Let's in do Japan, it. it's culturally acceptable. Yeah, yeah, to do yeah. That. Mm-hmm. It's a thing. One hundred percent. I saw thing. something about some dude in New York doing it. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. They monopolize yeah, so much. It makes total sense in like New York City or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes shit gets lonely. Thing. Like yeah, you know? I think more power to you. Fucking I. Right? I had a I had a friend when I worked at a restaurant a long long time ago, and. I don't know how many of this girl stories are true, but she said she worked as an escort for a long time. Mm-hmm. I believe it. Um, you just and- say you didn't believe it. I didn't believe it, but I believe it. Go off. No, I don't know if all her stories are true because she had just fucking the most ridiculous oh, can stories. Can we check it out? But- like, nah, you don't look that beat up. <laughs> she was telling me like these men would like pay her. Like they're like, we don't want to have sex. Uh-huh. We just want companion i just want somebody to talk to you know, i do that 100%. yeah i mean she was down to have Girl. the sex that's what she was there for but they were like no that's not what i'm here for and she said she had a Dude, lot I, of folks like that i already funny. get paid like i've talked with my significant other like you know i already get paid for people to tell me their feelings i am totally down to be a sugar baby or you know a companion <laughs> right? person. talk to me about how you feel tell me i'm pretty buy me nice things fuck yeah tell me, let's do it. Tell me i'm pretty I will argue the emotional hooker is a fucking life coach, not a therapist. Uh, Shots fired! That's the fighting uh, word. The difference between a hooker and an escort. We are therapist escorts, okay? I'm I'm an escort. You know, I'm fancy. Are we high class over here? Yeah, apparently. Because we don't fuck our clients! We just emotionally fuck you up. Big difference. Oh, Big no. Difference. Oh, no. Again, I bloopers. You're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, my God. That one can't be in the bloopers. <laughs> you guys. This is after hours. So- we are not currently practicing. Like, oh, things are I was literally like, just like it off my nose. The shit that comes out of our mouths here, I think, like, if we ever are going to post any of this, we have to unanimously agree. Oh yes. That it's oh, okay yeah. to post. Like, oh, yeah. if you're not comfortable with it, Yo, you have it has the right to be. To it. I feel like it has to be oh, a why shadow. Why is everything falling? What the fuck? We pay for this shit. We need, we need a Patreon. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, either that or like, you know, we have we each have the right to veto shit in case you know. Subscribers only, motherfuckers. Only Y'all are accessing this, accessing this for free. Therapists <laughs> only. <laughs> Right. Dude, I had I had the best moment ever this past week. I don't know if y'all have ever had your villain therapist moment, but like I had a client who was straight up like, just 
could you be wrong? Like, and I not have, like, this stuff going on with me? And I was grabbing my BSM, right? So I'm back here, and I straight up was just like, <laughs> No. <laughs> Please tell me y'all have had that moment. Like, it was great. Like torture it was our clients? Yeah. Basically, Favorite yeah. pastime. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't want this part to be aired. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> I'll tell you no, no. <laughs> no, we are. And this <laughs> we are sadists in the her. sense that I love when my clients feel comfortable enough to be vulnerable. Like, mm -hmm. I love that shit. Yeah. Like, nothing makes me happier. But that was kind of a fun, evil villain moment of no. No, we're going to sit in this anxiety as uncomfortable as it is. And, you know, because... like, it brings up the point of, like, even villain therapist, but even, like, when you've had to, like, you know, kick somebody out your room. <laughs> See, <laughs> my clients... I haven't had to do that. No, oh, my yeah. clients, I've become known. Like, I, I treat a lot of friends of my clients, and I hear the shit that my clients say about me to the referrals. And every time they're like, yeah, like, you're kind of like a Sour Patch Kid. You're, like, really wholesome, like, chaotically wholesome. But damn, are you a swift kick in the ass. You're blunt as fuck. And, like, mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to be described as any other way, to be honest. <laughs> I definitely have heard that from my client referrals. Yeah. That when I get those referrals, it's because, you know, you're compassionate. Like you're so like, I can tell you're like totally on my fucking side, but you also are going to be like, bitch, what, what, why, why did you do that? Oh, yeah. Like this, are you stupid? And they're like, Girl, I, I don't no. that, but that's how they'll describe me. And I'm like, don't say that. I would say that. I, I don't say that. They're like, yeah, but that's yeah. like the feeling. And that's what I need to hear. And I'm like, but don't tell people I say that. <laughs> <laughs> but that is you know, they're basically that, that authentic, like, you know, being able to say shit people need to hear. You know, and right, also yeah. one of the things we mentioned, I, I was going to say something in the podcast, like we were talking about like the fucked up and the hard and the really sad and the, it's really hard to be a therapist. But, you know, sometimes it's actually a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. I have sessions where I so have fun. a blast. I'm laughing. We're having oh, yeah. a good time. Girl, you know, yeah. I got I got my I got my favorites. I'll be right? like Saturday. We're not supposed to have favorites, <laughs> but like, let's be real. We have we favorites. Well, and I tell my favorites they're my favorites. But favorites said, like, I can't wait to know what the fuck happened for that week. Right? <laughs> like, oh, my God. Man, yeah. please. Like, and she did it, can be, oh, it can shit. be a good session because you work through some shit. But it can be a good session because, like, you decided you weren't going to smash your face into hard shit. Right? And you just, like, built right? rapport or celebrated yeah. shit. Like, sometimes Dude. that is so much fun. Report is so great. Like, I'm a self-disclosure therapist. Me I have too. Clients that Me too. I have been seeing since I began. So for the longest time, they're like, you still don't have a ring. We're on year three. And then finally, they saw the ring. They're like, oh, bitch, bitch, mm -hmm. it happened. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of nice to have kind of that moment because you're like, bitch. And like, you're able to. <laughs> I love that. That's like, so I love fun. that moment. Yes. It's so Those much moments fun. are so much and, fun. Like, like I have, honestly, I have a client, one of my teen clients that I haven't worked with in a really long time, reach out to me and be like, so I did just you guys finally today. get engaged? Right? They're like, so did you guys finally get engaged? Are you getting married? And like, they stayed alive because they wanted to know. That's awesome. Like, oh. 
that is amazing. And to hear that they're doing well mm -hmm. is amazing. And just to have that report, I mean, we're told all the time, like, be this, be that. And I think that's kind of where imposter syndrome comes from. Like, we're bit. told from so many voices, like, you mm -hmm. have to be this, you have to be that, you have to be that. So when we're feeling inauthentic, I think that's what also feels the imposter syndrome because we're not feeling like us for me my imposter syndrome went away when i embraced who i am so i think 100 that's another area where my school did a really good job i remember whenever we had to do our like we did have residencies where we went in person for a couple different times throughout the, the program so it wasn't purely online and there was times when we were in person and then online where we got to work one-on-one -on -one with those faculty members where they would give us that feedback and part of like our work with them was what's your, like they regular what's your counselor identity who are you as a counselor are you a self-disclosure counselor what are the benefits of that what are the consequences of that are you this kind of therapist do you want to be a blank slate therapist we support all of that here and like one of our textbooks for a class, two of our textbooks were books by Irvin Yalom. I don't know if you guys have yes, read any of his that, stuff. That Super duper self-disclosure therapist. Like he talks to his clients yeah. like it's insane, like compared to what we later on were taught and how, mm -hmm. I mean, this is one of like the masters, or, you know, whatever, when everyone's read his stuff at some point in time. And so it's like, we were very much encouraged to find that authenticity and be okay yeah. with self-disclosure and knowing why you did it and being, you know, really clear on that. And for me, I knew that building rapport is my, that's my, mm -hmm. that's the thing I do fucking amazing. I'm right. awesome oh, at building rapport. Same. I can talk to anybody about anything. Oh anytime. yeah. That's my thing too. I think that's yeah. probably why we're all like, mm -hmm. we're, we're here. Yeah. Um, uh -huh. It's because that's the part that we kind of zoned in on, or that's like our, our, that's the jam that's the and i and i think that if people at least if you're trying to be a therapist if you don't understand that then you're not gonna get the same results you're just Wait, not. there are some people that don't rely on that skill that are wonderful therapists but you're gonna get a completely different experience out of it and i'm not gonna say one is better or worse i just think that they're totally different so at different stages of your life depending on what kind of challenges you have depending on the kind of person you are like i'm a little bit more like just fucking say it shitty i mean i had that really terrible fucking metaphor earlier it's the worst way to say all of that but y'all know what i mean and hopefully you know my intentions you know yeah, like that. but that's so why I'm i said like, you're not gonna get I the same it. results <laughs> So right, like, right. whatever like, you get from that is what you get from that. <laughs> so the people that get the right message, we jive, like that works. And I think that's right. what I, I was in, I was encouraged to embrace that early in my uh, career as a therapist. And so what I'm hearing is, is yeah. go to Florida, go to Florida for grad school. You know what? You know what? I was going to Carolina. Because a lot of what she said is similar to my experience. And I had an online, I was in the online format. What the right. fuck? Oh, we you. went to the same university. Yeah, but yeah. I did the online format. So we did do the role plays. We did have so What a, I'm hearing is do online format. <laughs> because USC is was your great school as a master's accredited? Program. Is the program accredited? Ours have, is accredited. Like, that was a requirement. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Pepperdine? Hmm? It, should, it is accredited, huh? Yeah. Like whatever your AMFT yeah, board is, yeah, like whatever their accreditation, like in, in LMHC yeah. world, it's KCREP. Uh, so yeah. KCREP accredited. So there it is, but AMF. it is because I remember that uh, when I applied, so I don't know what the is. biggest things that I looked at, but I can't remember. There's, I don't remember. Uh, I don't even remember. Camps, and there's yeah. a, uh, American Association. Because you guys are all LMFTs, right? Or yeah. working towards that? Yeah. And yeah. PCC. 
for me. Oh, you're doing oh. both. <laughs> What's the difference, by the way? Like, why do you want both licenses? Does one give you ability to do something that the other one does not? Like, why NFTs is big yes, here you know. in California. Right. PCCs yeah. is big in other states. Gotcha. I want to be a telehealth MFT... therapist. Mm, okay. Yeah, MFT oh, is California and 13 other states. And then uh -huh. LPCC is most of the other states. But what sucks with transferring, since I'm licensed and this is something I'm trying to do, it's a I'm trying to get licensed in Washington right now. It's a pain in the fucking ass. transfer. It's yeah. a pain to transfer. Pain and and a lot so, of yeah. won't let you transfer until, like, no. I know in the LMHC world, like, once you've had your license for five years, then you can some, have your license Some here. is two. Wow. Some you Mother have to. Yeah, some you have to take. So you have to take their own exam. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with the taking the test. It's the time frame yes, thing that pisses me but, off. I'm like, I'll take all the tests you want. Right? But I'm also hearing some boards, I'm not saying the name of the boards, but boards that I am intimately familiar with <laughs> do not like to give transcripts or proof of completion of uh... the different like courses and whatnot that are satisfied by our license and our licensing exams, they are really laggy when it comes oh, to weird. providing so licensing exams are set up totally different than ours would be. Wow. Yeah. yeah California <laughs> I've heard is one of the most stringent in terms of Now are exams. you guys all on but... the same test in California? Like whatever your mental yeah. health versus your yeah. family versus social yeah. workers, you guys all under the same board? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just checking. Most places are, but there are a few that are not. So they yeah. have like different rules. Yeah. Different uh, that's places. why I'm doing dual because mm -hmm. the next step after taking the California ones is I can take the national exam and that will help me be able to For transfer. the NMFT or for the, for the PCC? Okay. Well, they're really. I, once I take a... the national um, one, after I take the California ones, clearly. Um, I'll take the national one, and that will help me easily transfer to the other states. See, that's that like not at all thing. how it works for um, mental health therapists. Dude, it's anywhere. so confusing because even as an LMFT, for some states, they have the national MFT exam. Yeah. And then, so you have yeah. that, the California exam, the LPCC national exam, like, shit is so confusing. We have the NCE or the NCMHCE. Depending yeah. on the state, mm -hmm. there's two different ones that mental health therapists can get, whether they're a licensed professional therapist or a licensed professional counselor, I think is what they call it in a lot of states. Mm -hmm. So all the states for that require one or both of those two tests. A couple of states actually want you to take both of them. So Florida, but, it's the NCMHCE is the one you have to take here. Something I would love to debate on here is what your guys' take is on like an overall comprehensive national licensure 100% support it 100% yeah I would love to also though explore the arguments against it and research yeah. that and see why it's not in place because I'm with you Christy on why the fuck not well, see the thing is easier. I don't know that you're gonna but... find research against it because all the other professions that have come before us have worked out um licensure reciprocity they don't all necessarily have a national board but it's like you get your license here and then like if you're a nurse or a respiratory therapist yeah. or 
uh, a psychologist or a social worker, a licensed clinical social workers, once they get their license yeah. in whatever their home state is, they just apply for reciprocity and they're like, okay, here you go. You just pay the fee in all the no. states. That way every state can make their fucking money. Because the only argument against it is that exactly. if you only had one license, then the government only gets your money once. If you have to get every fucking state, then you government gets your money 50 times. Yeah, so... <laughs> I never but so if those industries way. have that, there's literally no reason for us other than we're just younger as an industry and we don't have enough exactly. lobbying power because money is stupid. See, so my main concern is, is about one. the taxes, though. Dude, taxes. Because they were talking about this in another uh, webinar like that I went to, and they were like, mm -hmm. we're we're not sure like what happens if you're, you're, you see clients in multiple states. Do, do you yep. pay your taxes based on the state that you live in? Or do you pay taxes? Yep. Depends on the law in those individual states, and it's really fucking complicated, which is why people don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, yo, if I can stop you from doing that, that out. No, no, <laughs> like, no. Taxes are they? <laughs> I you know love it. What's scary is how many people, when you go on those Facebook groups, talk about the Facebook therapist, are like, you have to do what? And you're like, how the fuck long have you been in practice and you didn't know you had to do this shit? Like, what are you Which doing? It scares me because, you know, CEUs were expected to stay up to date on our shit, but you can tell. I've been to those therapists. Oh what my the fuck? god! How are you renewing your license? How are you still in business? What the fuck is going on? This is our competition, guys. These are our competition. We will win this. That game. really does help with the imposter syndrome. Not gonna lie. Like thinking of yeah. all the shitty therapists I've had, and like the stories my clients tell me. I'm now. I'm kind of just like, huh? I am good at what I do. Okay. <laughs> I play video it's games. crazy. I think oh, the difference yeah. is, it's like, we can be good at what we do and also acknowledge that there's always more to learn. There's always more to improve upon. Yeah. And it's always going to be shifting and changing. We're not getting stuck in, I'm good, so I'm done. We're like, I'm doing well, and I got a good grasp on this, and I'm going to continue, keep, keep, I'm going to keep on keeping on. You know, we're not Absolutely. stagnating. And I think that that's what a lot of folks have done. At least that's what it seems like to me. Like, they're like, I reached my thing, and I, I finished. I'm just stay here if now. If you're bored with your job, get out. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry Make room for us. Bluntly, get the fuck out of here. But, like, if you really hate what you do, I mean, Give us more write money. a book. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know, but... <sighs> You guys, some video games, take a vacation. But you guys, it's one in the morning. I'm drunk here. as fuck. Aww. I gotta go. Aww. I love you guys. Go to bed. Go the fuck to sleep. So I'm stop recording.